Hey folks, it's uh, Eric, your co-host of Mono E Mono, and back with us is... I'm back. He's back. Mike's back. Mike's back. <laughs> Director of Marketing. Yes. So really keep, slacking so, on the job. <laughs> so I've given you the title. So uh, now you actually... Uh, I don't know if you have to... It's, I'm produ- no, now you've, am now, I, am now I, am you've am bound I, am me. I, am, I, am I producer and co-host? I guess I, I guess I produce it, right? You do, yes. You I, produce and co-host, and I, I, I ride clicks. your coattails. Yeah, I do a couple clicks. Occasionally, I'll do a little bit of the marketing with the additional pumping during the week, but I'll get better at it. I did start <laughs> looking at doing a Facebook page, but I didn't talk to you about that yet. I just kind of getting the feet wet I, on there. I, so. I think that uh, none of that yeah. matters. But um, No. <laughs> Mike it is will. back. Mm-hmm. Yes. Here we are. Four weeks later. Um, yes. I'm gonna. I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna. I'm gonna kind of share the intro because. Sure. Which is um, which is great. Yeah, because yeah. you know Mike got the opportunity to talk uh, about what's been going on over the last four weeks. Uh, shared some great stories about his stepson Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really encourage you to listen through this one. There's some pretty awesome moments that Mike shares. Uh, Mike, what do you want to add to that? Anything? Uh, nothing tremendous. Uh, you know, it's just good to be back and good to kind of take an episode. And, yeah. you know, clearly this episode I do most it's of yours. the talking in this episode. Ab- absolutely. Yeah, and and um, and it was, yeah, and, and it was uh, it was much appreciated. And uh, hopefully anybody who listens, um, all I'm hoping is that you uh, take some positives and, and good vibes away from this conversation. Yeah, That's I, all I, I ask is that have a good... Uh, I just want to. I just want people to really uh, appreciate who this kid was. That's and all. There's no question that that mm-hmm. uh, that that came through. And I and I know a couple of people I talked to um, recently had uh, had actually expressed um, their um, their well wishes. So mm-hmm. I, sure. I'm willing to bet there's some people in, in knowing that what this episode is are gonna are gonna. Um, uh, I don't want to know if eagerly anticipate it, but we'll definitely anticipate listening to it and and look forward to it. So, yeah, so thanks. I would for hope so. That. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for sharing. Sure. So everyone, uh, I don't want to say enjoy. Uh, enjoy is the right word, but also how about um, just take it all in? Just there take it all go. in. Don't there have to go. enjoy it, but uh, take I, it in. I, yeah, just take take it all in and and feel with it how you will. That's how I look at it. Mr. Madison, what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good to hear your voice. Yes, it is good to be back. It's been a month. It's been a yeah. It's been a it's been a month, right? It's been it's it's one of those times where you go, man, a month is a really long time, and then you go, wow, a month is a really short time. It's both, of the, yeah. Yeah, I, c- I can only imagine for you the the uh, some days have been really long, and yeah, uh, it's been so- a weird weird space. I can tell you that just from so many levels and of course you know having to deal with everything you know you're not really used to dealing with it so no no you're not yeah there's no there's there's no getting used to there's no 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 there's no playbook right no there's not i think we you know all agree that you know when our parents pass away it's sad because they're our parents but 
it's the natural order. I mean, as we get older, we, you know, accept that, that it's going to happen at some point and then vice versa. Right. But when things have happened out of the natural order of things, it's really hard to process. It's really hard to fathom that that's the reality of it. So that's kind of what the difficulty is that I've noticed. Besides the fact that it's just flat hard. I mean, that's period. There's nobody who would say otherwise. No, so, of course not, right? But you can rationalize it when it's like your parents, you know, or when somebody's like, maybe you know, maybe, maybe even if it maybe even even if it's your parents dying younger than you would. Hope. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, of yeah, course, you, like my dad. You, my dad's you, a great I was just example. Say you know that one. Yeah, my dad's a great example. You know, he died at 75. Now, keep in mind, 75 is still a, a pretty decent lifespan. You know, yep. I mean, he had a, a good life. So, you know, our mindset's naturally going, well, he probably had about 10 years, you know, maybe 15, you know. So you kind of feel cheated for 15 years. But in reality, you can still step back and go, you know, he lived 75 years. Yep. Whereas Dallas lived 22. It's really hard to. He was a kid. Yeah, it's it. You know, he's a young man at this point. He just blossomed, just starting into into adulthood. So it's, yeah. you know, I'm glad he wasn't like five. You know, I'm glad I got 15 years with him. But it's it's just um, it's very very different. You know, and and I don't mind talking about it. It's it's not Good. something. You know, and we haven't been. You know, we we've talked about it. Like obviously, our household has had nothing but that conversation and dealing with things for the past for sure. basically month. But, you know, it's not something I shy away from. You know, I'm obviously, it's easier for me to talk about it now than it is three weeks ago, you yeah. know. But, um, you know, well, it's, and it's and one and of those your moments, right? Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, and that's the thing. Like, Susan, she has been ridiculously strong through all this. Yeah. And the moments that she's not are completely understandable. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's, it's like, I can't even like, I'm going through a completely different experience. Like you and I've talked about this, that my, my loss with Dallas is completely different than her loss with Dallas. So everybody else's relationship and their loss is different. So, you know, I don't have the luxury of, you know, the biological bond that they have. Now that doesn't take away from, you know, the bond he and I had individually that we, that we created over 15 years, but I can't pretend to understand what Susan feels like. I can't. It's it's just not even humanly possible for me to do that. So and I like when um, you say that because you know, it's, I, and I said to you, and I always say to people mm-hmm. in in circumstances when when they're going through something that's of of something that you can't, it you have to say that, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I can't imagine. I'm not even going to try sure. to. I'm not even going to try sure. to. Like what's I think that does a. Um, I just, I just don't think you do right by the other person to say, oh, I can totally get what you're feeling. Right. Yeah. And luckily, well, not luckily, but, you know, Susan does have a friend, an acquaintance friend that she's known from for some years, you know, like met through a friend of a friend, became fans on Facebook. So not mm-hmm. like hangout friends, but, you know, acquaintance friends that you'd say, but she actually had her son pass away at 20. Oh, my. So I am thankful, though, that she's able to talk to her. Somebody that can be truly empathetic. Yes, like can can be can 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 have the point of view of someone who's lived through it. Now, each individual's perspective is still going to be different, for sure. You know, her, but that's going to be about as close is, as you can right, get, I imagine. Right. Her friend is a little more of the religious type, where Susan and I are not. So, the the points of view are going to be slightly different, but the loss isn't any different. You know, and, and and processing it, and how how you move forward may be different through your own personal belief system or whatever you feel. But the it, the initial dealing with the the loss and the, and the suddenness and things of that nature, uh, that 
yeah, I, I'm glad that she has that. I am, and, and I think really you're, I think you're describing the difference of what they went through is is mm-hmm. similar. How you go through it, sure. how how you process as an individual, mm-hmm. that's always going to be the most unique piece, right? Sure. Again, I understand with people who are over, you know, religious, and that's great for them. You know, their personal way of maybe moving on is is say the thought process of oh they're in a better place where if you're not a religious person that isn't necessarily where you're going to move forward with that thought process but that doesn't mean that you're not going to move forward you're you're just how you handle it's going to be different but you're right the initial the initial dealing with it from an emotional level you know from a parent child level and from a very similar age difference not you know dialed child died at one and again, that's still tragic, but did you have, say, 20 years to bond with them? You know, like I don't take take light of any loss of anybody who's lost a child, say, right after birth. I mean, they still lost the child. But, and that's going to hurt, and that's going to yeah. hurt from an emotion level, but, but you haven't formulated your, I mean, you have a bond, but you don't have a relationship yet. Whereas yeah. Susan and Dallas had a very, very close relationship. A very close relationship, and they'd always been close, and yeah. they stayed continue as he aged to be close, and so that's amazing. You know, it is, and and I, I loved it. I mean, I, I've always, you know, I'm not one that ever I didn't envy the bond because I'm not going to have the same bond, but I did have a really good relationship with him, and that was something that we developed over 15 years. And you know, he was the thing about people having a hard time with is that. Dallas was a pretty straight up kid. He was, I mean, it, I can't even like describe. See, people tend to romanticize people when they die. Of course. Like you don't hear too many people die and go, eh, he was an asshole. They don't really do you that. To, you have they to just, be a they, serious asshole yeah, for somebody yeah, or, to call you an asshole yeah, after you well, died. And people may think general. that. Most people just don't say it. They just go, eh, it's not worth it, right? You might to- somebody. That's but, what I'm saying. You have to right? be yeah. a serious fucking piece of shit. Yeah, for, for somebody people, to go, for, I'm glad. For people to go, <laughs> You know what, actually, the consensus is, that guy, not so great. He's an asshole. He's an asshole. And and Susan and I have talked about this, too, you know, and and she said the same thing, is that, you know, people tend to romanticize, you know, people when they die, thinking of remembering all the good things. And in all due fairness, Dallas really didn't have any bad, meaning he grew up, he was a smart kid, he he never was a rebellious kid, and even if he rebelled, it wouldn't mean he was a problem, but he went to college, he graduated with honors. You know, he had a kind of a plan that he was looking to move forward in his life. He'd just come home. He was going to he was going to apply to University of Edinburgh and he was looking to to possibly get his Ph.D. in biomedical artificial intelligence. Amazing, right? So, yeah, a smart kid, a kid who was looking towards some sort of plan. And not a lot of people know this, but I know this just from obviously my dealings is that. You know, he was never going to be a doctor. I mean, he wasn't going in the medical field that way. But he did want to do things that hopefully led to, led to cancer treatments because obviously Susan's had two bouts. Yeah. Right. So you had a kid who had kind of, number one, a great college experience and he relished it and he was the head of his fraternity for a couple of years and, and um, really well respected and, and kind of blossomed the last two years in college, really kind of opened up even more. And so that's, that's what's really hard about the whole scenario right now is, is, is that there were so many things headed in his way, in his direction, you know? And, you know, we, we, as people, I mean, we have to, we accept it, 
you know, like I said, I have no problem talking about what happened because I'm not ashamed about what happened to him because you and I have talked at length about the situation, you know, and it was sudden and unfortunate and, you know, but I also think these, this situation could have been a lot worse. I mean, it's kind of really, it's really screwed up to think that, but you almost have to at this point. Because, and I don't really mind kind of giving the listeners a little bit of info. There's not much I can talk about it because there is some behind the scenes things going on. But Dallas had celebrated his birthday, you know, down in Fresno, which is three hours from here. 22nd birthday. So, so just was 22nd. Just yeah, here, here's a timeline, which timeline is extremely important because of really the impact. Okay, so he graduated on the 18th of May. That yep. was a Friday, right? You and I, you know, I and went you and down I there. talked you, three days later. We did, we did, we talked exactly about that. We That's came, right. Came home, so he had graduated, and then he and Susan had taken a week. I'd come back here, and they had taken a week to go on a mom and son trip. Yep. And they were going down to Universal Studios for a couple of days, and then they, as they were driving back up, you know, from Southern California to Northern California, to stop in at Susan's hometown, which is. Bishop, California, which is very, very remote. It's over in Mammoth. It's by the by the mountain and all that. And he'd never been there. So it was an opportunity for her and him to spend more time together and her to kind of take him to her small town, even though she doesn't go there very often, but just as a showing information. Here's where I'm from. You know, this is where I grew up and all yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. So, you know, a good trip. So he came back and they, they came back and he was home for a week. So two weeks from graduating, he's home for a week, and it's Friday. Friday is his birthday. He's 22. He turns Friday on the 22nd, turns 22. Uh, Saturday morning, he leaves because he had uh, – this has been planned for a while. He was going to meet some friends down in Fresno. They had similar birthdays, so they were all going to party together and have a good time for their birthdays. And there was a scheduled event down in Fresno at a, at a place, you know, a very well-known place, very popular place and a, and a, and a good reputation place as well. That's important. So it was a ticketed event, kind of like a four DJ light show, you know, kind of right. one of those big yep. events. Now, to be fair, I would assume that's a rave, right? I mean, DJs in the light show. I don't know. Of. That's what they call them anymore, but it, <laughs> yeah. that's what that is. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and, and to be fair, it's not really a rave. It clearly, it was, a legalized rave, you could say, because a rave would indicate that there was being drugs there and and all that. And of course, you're not going to say we're selling them and all that stuff. So, anyways, point is, it, it's basically a rave, quote unquote, rave light, yep. right? Like a like a Shirley Temple, I guess you could say. <laughs> so he <laughs> right, he sure. went down. Yeah, so he went down, and all this is important. I know it's a lot of information, but it's important from the gravity of the situation. Is that he had decided to go down, and this was planned event, t- tickets purchased, you know, weeks in advance, and he decided, got a hotel, and he took his car down there, got a hotel, and they Ubered to the event. He met his friends down there, and they took an Uber from the hotel to the event. So you have a, people going to a party, a ticketed party in a normal place, not some back alley thing, yep. and they got a hotel room, okay, responsible there, and they took you know, an Uber or Lyft over there. So they're not driving potentially on alcohol or whatever. So I don't know how much more responsible you can be at that you can, point. You can't be. Right? Espe- so at especially, 20. Especially like, at 22. Yeah. Exa- that's another thing, you know, that th- this is just who Dallas was. And so, you know, that this is on the first. So this is the very next day after his birthday. We go out to dinner and come back. 
Next morning, he leaves to go down, and we'd known about this thing, and he was going to come home Sunday, so he's going to go down and stay at night. So he leaves, everything's hunky-dory, he texts, hey, I'm in Fresno at noon or whatever, and, you know, that's it. And Dallas generally talked to his mom at least once a day, maybe maybe once every other day via text, and, you know, something like that. Maybe not phone call, clearly, but text. Um, so, you know, he was in normal contact until the time that you would expect that he was going to go out with his friends. And so we go to bed, and then at 4 o'clock in the morning, we get a phone call. And 4 o'clock in the morning, you know, you're groggy. We don't know which end is, end is up, what's going on. And you get a 559 area code. Which, on, on a Sunday morning. A, Sunday morning at yeah, 4 so, in the morning. Not like a work day, 4 in the morning. Right. So Sunday morning, so weekend, you know, we get a phone call from an area code down in Fresno. Uh, obviously, and, you know, trying to wake up. So they would call twice. So by the time somebody's calling twice from, from an area code where we knew where he was, we knew there's a problem. And so the person on the phone was like a social worker for the hospital and just basically wanted to confirm that this was the emergency contact person for Dallas. Now, keep in mind, that's all we know at yeah. 4 o'clock in the morning. They don't call to say hey, this is the exact situation, we'll call you back shortly. They call with the sole purpose at 4 in the morning to find out if this is the emergency contact phone number, and that's it. Okay. So Susan's asking, "Is there, you know, can you tell me anything that's going on? Now, they said, we can't tell you anything now, but we'll call you with a, in the doc, with a doctor shortly. So we know nothing, but we do know there's a hospital involved. So I'm thinking, you know, we're, we're still trying to wake up, too, at this point. And now we're up at 4 in the morning waiting for a phone call, knowing that something's severely wrong because yeah. this is just the way it's going to go. In my mind, I'm sitting here going, well, print plain and simple, there's only two ways this conversation's going to go when that phone rings. They're either going to call you and say, there's been an accident and right. he is in intensive care and you need to come down. That's at least one of the ways it could go. The other way is he's no longer here because mm. other than that, what other what other situation are they going to come at you with at some point from a hospital at four in the morning? So that's calling, so basically calling, calling the emergency contact to confirm that. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, and we're sitting here at four in the between four and four thirty. They didn't call till like four thirty. So thirty minutes from the time we got a, woken up out of a dead sleep. That's a long thirty the, minutes. It's a long thirty minutes, and. You know, you go through the emotions of, like I did, you know, like, this is a joke. This has got to be a joke. You know, I mean, we're half asleep figuring yeah. it out. And she's like, it's not a joke. This was like an older lady on the phone. This was not this was not a kid make a prank call, which would be stupid anyways, but it doesn't make sense. And so they call back at like 4.30 now, and now we got our on speaker, and now the doctor comes on. And basically what had happened, and again, this is all conjecture, because again, we don't, there's a lot of swirling things in the background you know, going forward after all this. But what ended up happening is he, it looks to be that he possibly took a, a drug, ecstasy, which again, you know, kids do. We've all done it probably at some point or at least thought about it. It's not like, right, I have, I have done it. Susan and I did it together about 10 years ago. So it's not like, you know, this is some, oh my gosh, you're doing heroin. No, okay, you know, we'll back that part off. It's like, it's not like a, you know, I don't know. I just don't look at like as the same thing. I mean, I know it is similar, but anyways. Uh, you know, marijuana, ecstasy, those are the kind of the fun drugs. You're not doing the hardcore cocaines and the heroines. And, okay, you know. And, st and, so, still, and still, so what right. if it even was that, right? Right, 22 you know, honest, though. Honestly? Right. Yeah. 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 
I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, we've all, and I'm going to say, I'm saying, when I say we all, I'm talking about at least Susan and I specifically, yeah. you know, we have dabbled in a couple of the different drugs in our lifetime sure. through the 44 years course, on this earth. Of course we have. You right. know, right. Yeah. I'm clearly recreational, that's it, whatever. But again, we were all young. So it looks to be that what he took, either he had a bad reaction to, yeah. which is entirely possible because things affect everybody individually. Or there's a significant possibility that what was in that drug was not supposed to be there. And yeah. we had just read recently now, after all, all this so clearly, is that down in Fresno, they're having a fentanyl problem. And fentanyl is a massive opiate. And what has been happening, apparently, is manufacturers or whoever's making these drugs are putting fentanyl into ecstasy, into marijuana, into things because it's addictive. And they because they want to get people addicted, right? They want to make more clients. Well... If you don't know how to do it, you're going to kill somebody. Yeah, Potentially. The, uh, the, Potentially. The, 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 the challenges of that up here have been significant too. So, Right. So, so again, we yeah. – and there's a lot that we don't know in terms of that. I mean I, I have my opinion clearly, but my opinion is not stated fact. And it I, – I just potentially – you know, and so we're really not sure. So what happens is, is he – he planned to have this. We found out after the fact through his friends that he has done this before. So that actually made me feel good. I didn't think he ventured into an area that he's never experienced. So that even solidifies sure. even more for me that, you know, I'm comfortable with what was going on. Yep. Um, and that, you know, he took a certain amount. And so as far as we could tell now, and that's what we're waiting to hear back from on a toxicology, is that he took a standard amount. Sure. You know, so... Either he just had a bad reaction to it, which is entirely possible. Of course um, it is, yep. Right, absolutely, that can't be ruled out. But there's also a significant possibility that there was something that was in there that wasn't supposed to be yep. that he couldn't handle. And which or, is not that, normal. Or that's what he reacted to. It could be even that, right? Correct, like, correct. Like the the ecstasy part that, of absolutely. it was fine, but the right. other thing he reacted to, like... Right, and I yeah, read quite a bit yeah. recently, because just because of curiosity, but... The whole fentanyl thing is a major issue. It's been an East Coast issue for a while. It's made it some Midwest, and now it's kind of hit, finally hit the West Coast, and a lot of the law enforcement is extremely concerned because of it. Um, so he came into the hospital at, you know, basically 3.30 or 3 or 3.30, and the event where he was at was only like five or ten minutes from the hospital. So he wasn't like across town. So okay. by the time they... He wasn't doing well at this event. He didn't feel good. His friends called the nine one one, and they you know picked him up, and he that he was in the ER. It was less than twenty minutes, probably. So I mean, twenty minutes is a long time, but not from going from one location to another, and also taking into the human factor of oh wait, he's not feeling well. You, do you want to sit down? You know that kind of thing, right? right? Where you're, we need to call now. So you know, he came in the hospital, and basically from the time he hit the hospital. They did everything they could. They he just basically he was conscious. You know he was unconscious, but he was breathing by the time he hit the hospital. But he never regained full consciousness at that point. Mm. So, you know, so we're being told this basically at four thirty in the morning. On top of the fact that basically what we're told by the doctors very simply, you know, oh well, it, we think he died of an overdose. Yeah. There's a couple problems I have with that. First is there's no way for you to fully know that at this point. And I, and I say this from knowledge I gain later. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, obviously you're a doctor. I, I'm not a doctor. So I'm going to default to their expert opinion. But that's what it is at that point. 
It's an opinion. Sure. Because they don't determine that until after they do an autopsy. So they give you what happens, and then they hold off on the actual cause of death until a more so they can make sure they go through all the other things to make sure that they've not missed anything. But the fact that they told us specifically, you know, right then and there, that it looks like that's what's happened, it really kind of was was irritating to the yeah. point of where I'm like, well, first of all, you know, when you say that, it makes both of us feel that you're implying our kid's a druggie. And in reality, he's not a druggie. You know, druggies don't graduate college with honors. You know, right. he clearly yeah. was recreationally using as we would expect people to do, but this wasn't a kid who was like spiraling, you know, so no, that's, that's so. kind of what really, but anyways, and a lot of it, to be fair, it was probably our own sensitivity at the time. So I'm, I'm going to chalk that up as well. But the reason I say that is, which where this ends up going is, is that we got contacted by a detective who wanted to look into the case. Okay. And because of what's been happening down in the area. And when he called Susan um, and he asked her to give her a rundown of, of what she knew and what happened, and he, she told him specifically of these conversations, the, the, the detective basically said that he's appalled that they told us that. You're not supposed to do that. He's yeah. like, you're not supposed to just go out and tell somebody their kid died of an overdose. Meantime, one <laughs> second know, there, Mike. I got somebody yeah, at the sure. door. Perfect. Go for it. Hey, what's up? House alarm or fire alarm? I don't hear something. Oh, that's the house alarm. I'll come deal with it. <laughs> yeah, I'll come right now. Did you text me? Oh. Okay, our alarm is doing something funny. Go for it. So I got called. I got called there. Our first interrupt. Our first interruption. <laughs> see this. <laughs> it's okay. It's gonna happen. See this me. Okay, so you got to put it. Put put a pin in what we were at. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know where we're at. Yep. Okay. And uh, it's yours again. Look at this. Oh, I'm not talking for five minutes. <laughs> I won't. I won't be. I won't be gone for five minutes. So uh, you got one minute. No, the thing is right outside the door of the uh, okay. the garage. So I'll be right back. Okay. It's, it's yours, buddy. Alrighty. The last time I was left to my own devices, it was actually kind of fun because I tend to ramble quite a bit. And uh, especially with everything that's been going on, we're, we're certainly not, uh, obviously, the, this podcast today is, is going to be heavily centered on this unfortunate situation that my wife and I have dealt with. But I think our intention with that is really to, you know, be able to get it out now, talk about it now. And then, you know, as we move forward here, we can just move on with what we were doing. But didn't want to gloss over the fact and, and you know, and, and not kind of address uh, what was happening, um, even though it's personal. But, you know, it is good to talk about it. And Eric and I have been friends for quite a bit of time, and we've talked extensively, you know, off the podcast about this whole thing. But, you know, sometimes just talking about it is therapeutic. So I definitely don't mind sharing you know, the situation and, and kind of things surrounding that just uh, as the ability to uh, to be able to get it out there. Um, you know, we're, we're very proud of what Dallas, who he was as a person and what he'd accomplished at a young age and where he wanted to go. So, you know, his memory is nothing but a, a good memory for us, you know, 
other than the sadness that he won't be able to contribute, you know, anymore into this world of what he was already doing. And just being very blessed, you know, to have him around for the time that we did. Uh, what a wonderfully caring young individual he was. Uh, and, uh, you know, through this time, we've, we've spoken to many, many people you know, that he went to school with and even administrators and everything that have all called and shared their condolences personally. And, uh, you know, that we can't thank anybody enough for that. Obviously, we knew Dallas on a, on a very wonderful level. But, you know, he was in college for four years, so obviously we didn't get to see, you know, how he'd blossomed with his relationships other than, you know, what we'd seen cursory. But it was very clear to us you know, through all this, that he had made some really wonderful friendships and had some wonderful friends and, and fraternity brothers uh, and, and school people that he had become very close to that kind of reinforced what our opinion of Dallas already was, which was great. We like to brag about that, that we knew before everybody else. But uh, so, you know, unfortunately, you know, this is the, the, the difficult time of life and, um, you know, everybody's going to deal with this on their own level in their own way and, and everything. And, you know, I have friends that, I mean, this obviously shakes them because, you know, something like this happens, it makes you turn to your own children relationships too, you know, so everybody can feel from that on a parent level. And so it's, it seems like, you know, this is not just affected us and his normal friends too, but it's affected our group of friends who have kids as well, because it hits very close. So I believe he's back. Right. Did you were you able to successfully thwart and I say thwart specifically thwart the threat? I, I, I'm not gonna say successfully because I don't know. It was the smoke <laughs> Did you just unplug it? <laughs> no, no, it was a smoke alarm. And I don't know oh. I, don't, it, I don't know if it was just wanting to be tested. Right. Quarter after And that happens too. It is a beeping every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah, it's irritating. We have the same thing here. Does it just want to be tested? Is it just like sometimes? Yes and no. I mean, we have the kind. And and when was your what what roughly what year was your house built in? Do you know? Give or take, like roughly how old is your house? Uh, oh, nine, Ten years. Ninety four. So. Okay, so you know, twenty less than twenty five years, or around twenty five years, right? So twenty four, uh, twenty, uh, twenty. I can't even add. Okay, long time, but we bought our house eight years ago. And so our smoke alarms, not only do they have the battery, but they also hook into the power of the house. So, but yeah, ours the doesn't, yeah, yeah, it's bad. Okay, okay. I just, you know, and, the, and you're, the, ones, the ones that you're talking about are easier to diagnose, right? So when they start beeping, it's either they need to be tested or if they're still beeping, you change, just change out the battery and you're generally good. And if it continues, you just buy a new unit, you know? Yes. These, these it's one of three things. It's either, most of the time you either, you have to buy a new unit for like 20 bucks or whatever it is or yeah, whatever. Exactly. It's kind of a pain when, I mean, it's nice when they hook into the house, but when they don't work, it becomes a pain in the butt <laughs> to do. So anyway, so yours will be an easy, easy fix. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, no, like no, no, buy no. a new I, one or whatever. Well, it's, so. not, it's not beeping now. Well, no, but no, 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 that's, um, that's a new smoke alarm. I put that one in mm. okay. a year ago. I'll say a year oh, ago. Okay. All right. Yeah, but uh, well, I like you know, is, it, is it the yeah. battery? But you know what? It went yeah. off earlier, so maybe it's just one to be mm -hmm. tested. I don't know. It does that. I think you're supposed to what? Didn't they say you're supposed to test them like twice a year? Sure. I mean, we'll I have no idea. I, you might. You look. Look, I don't work for OSHA. 
you know, or the whatever the whatever's the one for the that that's the business stuff, but <laughs> the Occupational Safety Hazard Administration. Sorry, I screwed that up on the personal level, but it sounded funny. So, but yeah, I I, yeah, I was just talking when you were gone. I just uh, kind of reiterated uh, that Dallas had really good relationships with his friends and family, and that's yep. kind of the one thing that we've really learned over the past month, which has been very wonderful. Is he made a lot of good friends, and he he made a very significant impact on a lot of people in a very short amount of time just because of who his personality was. He was a very giving person and a very open person and a very positive person. Yeah. And he was that way with us. So we kind of joked that we knew this before everybody, but that's who he was in general. And he just kind of contributed even more to doing that when he was away and he kind of grew into a man. Right. So, you know, those, that's been kind of the wonderful thing. So, you know, kind of pint where we were before is that, you know, so basically, at this point, you know, he, he passes away. It's a sudden situation. It's clearly what we can tell just an unfortunate situation. Uh, of course, there may be factors that we're not aware of, you know, that we're still yeah. that they're still working out. You know, right now, basically at this point, we can't even we have a death certificate, but it's pending because they're doing a significant toxicology screen. They want to double check and make sure. The pills that he had on him, is it the same one in his system or was there some other factor possibly or like like we've talked about, was it just simply a fact that his body reacted a certain way? I mean, that's always possible as well. So it, it, it could be one of different, multiple different things at this point, but I have a strong suspicion that possibly what he bought was tainted. That's what I think. And again... I'm not holding my. I mean, you tell me, show me something differently. That's the case. That's the case, and and that's that's okay. There's not that doesn't change what happened at this point. It doesn't change. It does. I mean, but though I get from the perspective of like having a closure piece, having an understanding sure. about it. There, there's there's a there there is a part to being able to right close the chapter on being able to move forward and right and and you know grieve and mourn and right. do all those pieces that sure. You What's can, interesting? You can do right in in a more. Um, a natural level where we have to move on. Like you, yeah. you've got your, okay, this is what happened. And, you know, regardless of what the outcome is or, or the outcome's the same, but regardless of what the reason of, of the yeah. totality of what happened, okay, that's a closure standpoint to go, okay, well, that's all we, all we, we really needed to know. Um, what's interesting though, is the guy who called Susan, this was about two or three days after the event. I mean, this is a Sunday morning and I talked to you briefly, like a little bit later on that day to talk right. to you about it. But yeah. You know, you got to understand, you know, here's the thing, you know, it's like we get this call at four in the morning, 430 in the morning at this point when we know now she has to call his dad in, in Atlanta. That's right. And then I had to call my mom, you know, who was really close with Dallas. They had a very close grandparent relationship together. I mean, individually, he would come up from college without even telling us just to go dinner with her. Oh, like, wow. They were close. They were close. And so I remember my mom. When my dad died, she said, the hardest part for me wasn't the fact that your dad died, which was hard, but was the fact that I had to call you and tell you. Mm. And I got to return the favor. That was one of the hardest phone calls I had to make was telling her what happened, you yeah. know. And it's, you know, so we're, we're dealing with that. And then, then we're trying to just tell as many people, inter, you know, from an inner circle as possible, just because we know at some point his fraternity family is going to know and they're going to social media it, and then everybody else is going to see it. And it's like, you just want to get to a point where you're like, you want to tell as many close people as possible so they don't necessarily find out from an Instagram post or a Facebook post. So, you know, just making calls for the t first three hours. Like I didn't want to call people at four in the morning. So you're just trying to get some coffee and process still and sit there and deal with everything that you're emotional dealing with and then to start making calls at like eight in the morning, just trying to tell people really quickly. just so that way they didn't find out for some arbitrary 
thing because we weren't going to rush to do a Facebook post until we'd at least had people we told individually. And then when we realized, okay, now we're kind of out of who we need to call, then we need to definitely get it out there because people are going to start asking at that point. Yeah. You know, so we're just trying to mitigate it from just a a standpoint of trying to get it out there as quick as possible, as clean as possible. So we can just figure out, you know, figure out what to do. What's the next step? You know, this wasn't like he died in Sacramento, you know, which is 30 minutes away. This is three hours away, you know? So like you were saying, there's no playbook for this, right? There's no playbook for it when it's in like, it was right here in your house. Well, yeah, there's, you know, know, at least locally, at least, you know, like, you know, if it's in Rockland or Roseville, which is close to here, at least you're local, right? But we we have a feeling what would have happened. The the reason that we got told over the phone is because we were not local. Right. Once they figured out we were not going to be able to get there, and That's I right. think that what would have happened is if it was local, they would have said we need you to come down to the hospital right away, and we wouldn't have known what was going on, and it would have had to make that drive and then be told. We think that's probably how it was going to go. Right. But so we were blessed because sorry, you were saying Fresno to your place mm-hmm. about. About three about hours. Three, right? three hours, three and a half hours, depending, sure. right? So yeah. about three hours. And we were blessed because Susan's dad and stepmom live right outside of Fresno, about 10, 15 minutes out of Fresno, and her stepbrother lives in Fresno. So what they were able to do was when we called them, they were able to go over to the hotel that he was at to get his personal belongings, his keys. To, again, we're trying to figure out what happened at this point. You know, and there's all these swirling pieces. So, yeah. you know, and then her dad even went down to the hospital to identify his body, which was extremely helpful because we would have had to driven three hours to do that. And I don't, and even he said it, even he said, I, I, at this point, the least I can do is not have your mom, have her have to do that at all. You know, just like her dad stepped up huge, you know? And luckily, like I said, luckily we've had, we have those ties in that area. So that way there were some, you know, logistical things that made it somewhat easier. We still had to make several trips down there individually you know, for funeral arrangements, yeah. you know, the cremations and, 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 and going to the, you know, we actually interviewed with the detective that was looking into this, so we're still doing that. Interesting fact, though, is that the detective who called us, we didn't realize this because he never identified where he's from. He gave us his name and cell phone. He's a nice gentleman. But we didn't know we didn't know where he was from. We figured he was from Fresno PD or Fresno Sheriff. Yeah. Uh, he was Department of Justice. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So apparently, and we went down and interviewed with him, and he got a lot of information. We gave him his phone. They were going to look through it and to see if they can track anything. And he said he's had, had you know, he's concerned, obviously. He's like, he's worked this area for a long time, and he's had cases like this that he's been able to close. But he says, obviously, I can't guarantee you I can, but I really want to look into it. And I just told him that just the fact I look into it is enough at this point. I mean, you may come back with nothing. I mean, that's the end result. And if that's the case, that's the case. But at least somebody looked into it, or at least tried. That was the even Susan said, you know, if you if you can't find out what happened, you can't. But at least somebody tried. You know, that's that way you don't at least feel like somebody died and it was a complete waste that nobody even paid attention. Yeah. You know, and it was really important because we're talking to him about who Dallas was and what he accomplished, and you know, he was like he was a pretty smart individual, your son. So, I, I don't think this is just a a case of you know. I think there's something going on here with maybe potentially if, if maybe purchase something that he's like, it just seems like a kid doesn't really make a really bad decision like that. So he's like, I have a feeling maybe something is more at foot here and potentially in it. But of course we can't determine that until we know. So, but we, you know, maintenance and something may not come out of it, but you know, from the time that you and I talked and so it's been a month. So from that, 
you know, we went from that event to then having to plan a celebration of life because his dad came into town right away from Atlanta. He and his, his wife came okay. in and stayed with, you know, his brother and sister-in-law who were, we know as well. And they're not too far from us, probably 20 minutes away is where they were staying, but they came here right away and there was a timetable. I mean, they live in Atlanta. They have lives, right? We all do. So we had to try to figure out how are we going to go getting, you know, funeral arrangements done, cremation, all the stuff down in Fresno to then having a celebration of life all before the 15th of basically June, which was like 13 days total. So yeah, we were able to do it's it. A, it's a, it's not a long amount of time. Nope. Um, it's a while, but it's still. When you take yeah, it and it, it, yeah, it, yeah. You, you think two? Basically, it's basically two weeks, roughly. And two weeks is kind of a long time, but not when you're trying to figure out: is there going to be a caterer available? Is there going to be a DJ available? Because we we didn't want it. wasn't a funeral; it was a celebration of life. So it was specifically designed as a get together party. People could get up and stand and speak about him if they'd like. And there was a slideshow playing and, you know, his ashes were, you know, his urns were there and, you yeah. know, some of the college, the pictures, you know, it was really, really nice. And it really surprised me from push came to shove how well this came together in a very short amount of time. And, and I will say specifically, we had a lot of friends that helped out and we can't be any more appreciative of the friendships that we had and how many people had done so much uh, of what they've done. It, it, it's been, and, and you know what, I'd expect that I would do this for my friends too, because I would. But until you're in the middle of it, you don't really truly appreciate how much went down when, until it's over and go, man, that was a lot in a short amount of time. And a lot of people stood up and said, I'll take care of it. It was, it was amazing. So we were able to do that and have a nice event. And it was a really nice event. I mean, I want to say there was probably over 250 people that showed up and almost a lot of his fraternity, at least 40 or 50 of his fraternity brothers. Um, actually, his dean of students from the college drove up to talk about him. And actually, she presented Dallas yeah, with, yeah, you're his, seeing that yeah, with his diploma. Yeah, yeah. he's about the diploma, which is... Which is fast. They, they, they actually called the printer to get them to do a rush print. That's and fantastic. They, so, you know, just it was things like that where people went out of their way when they probably didn't have to. I mean, it was nice that they did, and I'm glad that they did, and it was amazingly appreciative they did. But, yeah, they, they went ahead and, and got that printed, you know, early so they could get it so she could at least present it to Susan at the event, which was wonderful, you know. And mm -hmm. so, it, you know, when people are doing that, like when your dean of students of the college drives three hours up to do that, the kid, he had an impact on people. He worked with her, actually, and, oh, wow. and he, had a, he had an office job there he did okay. on campus as well. So she, she had a relationship with him as well. Um, so, but that just kind of reinforced what people's opinion were of him in terms of that, that someone oh, no kidding, would drive right? all the way up three hours from Monterey to Sacramento, you know, do an up and back trip to be able to give their respects and, and present a parent with a diploma. I mean, that's, you know, it's, that's pretty nice. So yeah, it says a lot. For it sure. does. It does. And Dallas earned that. That wasn't us. I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong. I want to say about 80% of the people that were at that event were there because of people we knew, Susan and I, and our friends, and Dallas fraternity. And that's not his dad's fault. His dad lives in Atlanta, you know? So there is going to be a natural, you know, more percentage of people that are here for the other part of the family, right? Just because they're local. So, you know, but we did have quite a few, and it was great. We had a lot of people that showed up and, 
And uh, my, my buddy who I uh, used to roommate with, he lives in Texas, the one I was telling you about, about he was looking us up and finding us on um, Spotify and stuff. They actually flew out and were able to come to the event too. And that was wow. great. And so we saw a lot of, a lot of people made a, a big, we, there were several fraternity brothers that came out of state to come to this thing. So it, you know, we were, by the end, we were really, really happy just because of, you know, how many people were able to get up and pay their respects and, and, and talk about their feelings about Dallas and, and everything like that. So it was, it was, a th- it's therapeutic, but I didn't realize because of course we, there's no playbook for this. That was all the easy part. You know, I mean, we knew it was hard, but when you keep yourself preoccupied the whole time, like when you just have to go from point A to point B, like the first two weeks, it was running around nonstop. There was a decision that needed to be made. We had to, you know, arrange a, a funeral home down in Fresno and talk to the guy and then eventually go down there. And we had a viewing with his dad who met us down there. There was just a lot of stuff that happened in a short amount of time. And I knew that the good thing is once you hit past the 15th, we could start to move our life forward. We, you know, we have to accept reality, but at least... The heavy lifting's out of the way in terms of planning and doing right by Dallas and all this kind of stuff. And that's true. That's still true. But once all that busyness stops and you have to think about it all the time, that's really where it shifts, you know, into more of the emotional part of it. It was already emotional for the first two weeks, but you could kind of zombie it and get through it because you had things you had to do. Um, But once that's over with, so the last two weeks have been extremely stressful it has been way more stressful than the first two weeks mainly because of you having to deal with the emotional aspect of the impact and everything and then you know just dealing with the reality of it because it just still even today like every day i wake up it still feels kind of fake it doesn't really feel real and a lot of that is because dallas hadn't moved home for very long you know he hadn't set up shop here he was going to be here for about a year if he had got into grad school he would have missed the first grouping but he was going to work for the second so he'd have been with us for about a year but he was back for a week and, you know, we'd already converted his old room out into my office that I'm in now, but that's because he said he wanted us to. It wasn't like we kicked him out. And he, you know, we had a spare room that he would stay in when he came and it was great. And that's where we were going to hold him up until he decided what he was going to do. But, but he hadn't really moved home full time. I mean, he was there for a week. So it kind of is weird for me. It kind of feels like he's still at college because he wasn't around all the time. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, how that, how sort of that yeah. dynamic was playing out with that. Yeah, and it's, you know, it, it, it it's kind of weird for me. It's different for Susan because she spent a whole week with him right away. Like I did, I got the first week, you know, he, he came back, you know, I was with him and then, you know, but for me, it still feels like college. It doesn't feel like he ever moved home. And so... I have to like every once in a while, it, like the reality that I face is I have to like, well, I'll see a picture. We have, you know, we've already put a couple pictures up in the house of him. We've got his urn up clearly. And we haven't really done anything with his room. And he was just staying. We just closed the door and we'll handle that over time. That is just going to yeah. be whenever and whatever. Um, but when you, when you have the, the wherewithal to. Yeah. And, and we're not people like, we're not people that aren't, aren't going to be able to, it's, it, I always find it really there's, strange. There's the right time for it though. Right. Well, I always find it very strange. You know, I don't, I don't want to be, we don't want to, neither one of us said this too. We, we don't really want to be the people that can't move on. You know, when you see parents and it's like their life stopped and yeah. I understand, I mean, I understand where they're coming from. Yeah. I mean, I fully grasp the pain that is involved with that and how hard it is to move on. But we didn't want to be those people. Now, granted, you're right. We're not doing it now. <laughs> I mean, we're going to move on in time. It's That's certainly right. not right away. But for us, it's just easy. We can close the door and then we can do things a little bit at a time. 
and eventually that room will be something else, but we're not in a real hurry about it. It's just going to be handled when we want to handle it. There is no timetable, you know, but in that, but that being said, you know, we've put more pictures up around the house yeah. of him. Yeah, you're we showing put, me those. You know, we, right. We have his, his urn, obviously, and we actually put it next to his dog that we had had to put down a year ago when he was at college, but it was his dog specifically. So they're right. together. Right. And then we did, we actually just got his diploma and framed it and put it up. So we have that up in the house. Susan actually bought an exact, we all bought the same frame. We bought one for Dallas and that we really liked it. And so Susan bought one for herself because she's going through getting her master's right now. So she's going through her master's program dealing with this too, by the way. So let's yeah. just add another level of stress for this one. Of course. Like I, I stress, don't get me wrong, but I can't even comprehend what she has to go through with it. But so she went ahead and bought now the same frame so she can match his you know, a year from now when she graduates. Well, I went and bought the same frame, but I don't have a tassel because it's been 25 years or whatever for me, yeah. and that's fine. I didn't care. So, But I ended up buying a frame, but it's for, it's the same frame. It's just not the one with the tassel. So what we've done is we basically have three frames. And at, at, at once Susan graduates next year, we're going to frame mine up and frame hers up, and we're all going to put it next to Dallas. So we're all going to be together. Very awesome. You know, yeah, it's cool. And 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 so we we started that process, and, and those are all things, and that'll all be ever changing. You know, we can swap pictures out and do other things, but we're very we're not people to do shrines. You know, it's just weird. It is, but there, <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, it, it, but it I get a, it. I agree. It is yeah. a bit weird. There is a yeah. there is a particular. Catharsis is that the right word? Oh, I, I don't in, disagree in, though. In doing it, those yeah, sort I agree. Of things I'm well. not making fun of people that do it. I no, just no, I'm, I'm, I, I, yeah. well, maybe a little bit, but I'm talking about like <laughs> what you guys are doing, like in, you right. know, putting a picture up here and there. Each time you do those sort of steps, yeah. you know, it's it, there's a the, it, there's a cathartic right. move in doing each one that moves you towards. I don't want right. to say getting over it because no, I don't think this you is never get over it. No, you don't ever get over it. Getting to the point where it doesn't affect you negatively. Sure. 99.9% of the time. Because there's going to be times when you, you know, even 10 years from now, you know, Mm -hmm. yourself or yourself, you'll, you'll have a moment, right? Like maybe maybe you just, uh, and you just sit down on the, on the, on the couch and you have a good cry about it. Absolutely. And that's completely normal. Sure. You know, these, these, like you said, you know, closing the door to his room. Stepping away from now, saying that now is not the time. They'll they'll be right. the right time, and you oh, guys sure. will figure that out. Yeah, well, we you know it's like you know, and then you know that that whole two weeks that we were there. I mean, his dad came over with his brother, and Dallas has a, has a has a brother, and it's from it's 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 it um it would be a, a step uh, stepchild for Susan. When right. She met Devin. Devin's about four years older. So Devin's like twenty six. And yeah. he lives locally, and he's married, and he's a he's a he's a sheriff, a sack sheriff. And um, so, but oh, he's ch- yeah, he's Chapel's biological son, D- Dallas's brother. But it's you know, it's, it's Susan's stepson would gotcha. have been stepson when they were married. But they were fairly close. I mean, Devin Devin's been you know close with us for some time. Meaning we have a my father's brother's uncle's father yeah roommate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Basically, yeah, Lone Star. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, um, Thank you. <laughs> Dark helmet. Of course, you are. Of <laughs> my course favorite, you are. one of my favorite super villains of all time. Um, so. You know, and but so they came over one of the days, and yeah. you know we'd already kind of gone through and said, okay, we want to keep this, this, and pers- personal things, not just your stereotypical, whatever, right? Like we kept Alice's glasses, you know, and it's a personal thing, yeah. right? Like I kept Alice's motorcycle helmet, yes. the one I think I showed you, and the, venom the motorcycle itself we gave it's to a Devin, venom, right? Is that what? Yeah, 
You what? Yeah, yeah the Venom, Venom helmet. Venom, sure. Right? Yeah. At some point when we have a page, I'll post all this. But um, he, yeah. So Devin in Dallas used to ride motocross. Well, you are when our marketing kids. director, so you're I know I got to get page. on that. Remember, I told you once I get going, I get going. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then then I kind of stalled for the past month. Forgive me. Um. <laughs> yes. Well, and, 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 and actually, yeah, of course. Yeah. But I think, but but I think the even you know that that comment goes back to the you know the the right time for you to even come back and, and jump into sure. this to have a conversation sure. you know for, for what we're Absolutely. doing here is yeah. yeah that happened to be today and you know you right. know for, you know that at no time was I nope concerned you know about this because this is sure. pretty low on the totem pole for us but. Well, absolutely. Know, but but at the same time, I also knew that you know getting back to a normalcy would be important oh, yeah. for you. But you'd, you'd I was very close out. last week. And yeah. the reason I didn't, though, is because I worked a six-day shift and I had to do work an eight-hour overtime shift the following the Monday after I, yeah, yeah. I was – at that point, I'm like, you know, um, I'm going to start a long week, so I'm just going to back out for one more week. But that, actually, I was out. ready emotionally last week, but physically, I just couldn't do it till this week. You said so, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So we gave Dallas's motorcycle to his brother. You know. His yeah, you're saying that too, right? Right. And which was fine. We 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 have no. We certainly weren't going to do anything with it. I mean, I don't ride motorcycles. Susan doesn't. You know. And there is they, Dallas and him have a bond. So we did that. We ended up giving Dallas's car to Devin as well because he needed one, as well. So that's kind of two things off our plate of getting rid of things. But we kept the. You know, we kept our. Like, where I was going with the personal things, I kept. You know, obviously his motorcycle helmet, which yep. my my mom bought him for Christmas, and he and I spent hours picking that helmet out. Like he and I were on the couch in Christmas time because she said, whatever, you, you know, doesn't matter the cost. I want you to be safe and I want you to enjoy it, da, 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 which was great, you know. And so he and I just sat and we, you know, he had this website and he and I went through all these helmets together and he, and that's the one he wanted. So we kind of had our moment, mm-hmm. even though my mom bought it, we had our moment of, yeah, of course. you know, we have our Marvel connection. We both like the comic books and the stuff and all that stuff. So that was kind of important. And so, you know, Dallas's glasses and, and, you know, certain personal items. You know, like Dallas is interesting. Dallas, you know, never wore white socks. He hated white socks. Like he, he always wanted to wear funky colored, fun, just different socks, which is not unusual. Apparently I see it all the time now, but you know, I'm kind of the other way most of my life. I never really cared, but I kind of started to see where he was coming from like about two or th- about fun three socks months are ago. Awesome. Well, I didn't say I never really cared much about it. But then I really started to look at it. Well, I, well, here's the here's the thing is is I had just started to decide. You know, maybe he's onto something. You know, I'm 44, and I'm taking a cue from a 22 year old. Well, at we that know point. he's a smart kid, so right, absolutely. <laughs> and and so I had decided probably I don't know a couple months before you know like five or six months ago I started buying socks. I started you know eBay and or whatever or Amazon. Oh, you know Marvel socks and just fun. I just want to build up my collection. I said you know that'd be cool. Well, now once Dallas passed away. There were a couple of specific pair of socks that he had, like Monterey Bay and Google and all these things that he'd done. So we kept those because those are kind of sentimental in terms of that. But I took all his Marvel socks. So I already have some that I bought. So I already made a decision that literally for the rest of my life, I won't wear, wear white regular socks. I'll wear white ankle socks or whatever, but I'm not going to wear regular socks. I'll always wear other socks because I'd already started that route. But then it's also kind of my way of having Dallas with me for the rest of my life, just subtly. His influence, nice. yeah, and and I'm kind of so, I'm very so happy now, with so now, it. So you now know? you're gonna go from uh, mm-hmm. your dolls, <laughs> Mr. White, yeah, to Mr. Buying, White socks. To, buying, to buying socks. No, literally, I I've already bought like probably I don't know twenty pair, fifteen oh, pair. Oh yeah, 
Oh, yeah, I just been you know pick and pop here and there, five bucks, six bucks, whatever. And because uh, again, I'd started before all this had happened, so I'd already kind of started my mind going. I think he's on the. I think he's got. I like what he's doing. I think I'm going to start having fun, right? So I had already started this before this happened, and it just kind of solidified once it happened. Is even though I'd already started this, it's kind of my way of continuing it and being a Love part it. of him with me, Love right? It. So yeah, yeah, it was organic, completely organic. It's like, you know, I mean, I would have done it anyways. I probably would have said, even had I not decided to do that before, I probably would have, yeah, I'm going to do it. But I just think there's something that came organically from it that that really was kind of cool. So, but yeah, we've, we've done these subtle little things and, and, you know, it's, you know, every, like you said, every day is a day and there are good days and there are bad days. My work has been fantastic. You know, Susan's work has been fantastic. You know, my boss is great. You know, I've known him for a long right. time and he's just like, look, you know, if you're not feeling it, you know, if you need to step away, just ping me. Hey, I got to step away for a few and just go. He's like, I don't care about it. Go for 10 minutes, go for an hour. I don't care. Just go do what you need to do, you know, and don't worry That's about so it. so good. And, and yeah, and, and you know, my work's been great about it. Nobody's, you know, I've been back for, you know, three weeks now, about, give or take. This will be my third week back. And, you know, it's really hard to get back in the groove. Like, I'm someone who's extremely organized at work. And I know what's going on like 90% of the time, all the time, because mm-hmm. I handle dealerships and all that. So I just kind of, I have my pulse in each store, like I understand. Yeah. And when you're gone for like two weeks and then really you're mentally gone for another two weeks, it's really hard to get back up to speed. And so it's taken me a long time. I'm still not there. Like I'm just, I told him like, boss, I'm like, look. I'm just looking to get through each day. Like, I'm just looking to come in and go, here's my start time. I'm going to get to five o'clock or get to eight o'clock, whatever time I stop and go, that's all I'm trying to get to each day. And he's like, works for me, you know? So I'm just, you know, I'm kind of in one of those modes where it's like, I'm getting back to work and it's, but it's very, very weird. It's very, it's very weird. The, to f- the, the sort of the motions and stuff right now for you, right? Yeah. It's, it's a lot of it is I didn't realize, you know, coming back to doing what any, what anybody does for a living. I mean, you know, whether you work in the business field or like communication field such as yourself or whatever, there's a lot to remember. There's a lot to know. There's a lot to be on the ball, especially when like I've been in my job for 15 years. So it's, yeah, so you know what you're doing. I'm, I'm yeah. at the point where I don't know what I'm doing. So, <laughs> well, that's okay. So you don't really know yet. You're okay. But I do know what I'm doing enough to where when I'm I come kidding. back and I'm at a... listening. Hold on. He's listening. <laughs> no, he's not. I totally, he's not no, I don't think he did. But my last bot. Oh, I got to tell you about that. Yeah, you remind me of that one. I gotta go. But keep going. Sorry, no. Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I I just know that it's one of those things where you step back and you go, I'm just not right. Like meaning, I come back and I'm doing everything, and and you know I'm good at what I do in general. I know I am. I've been doing it for a long time, and I'm able to go from point A to point B. But I didn't anticipate how hard mentally it would be to sit in that chair and go through the day to day routine. Because you've not been through it. Exactly. Well, it, and, and in essence, you've been through a traumatic event. You know, the traumatic event is loss, and it's a sudden unexpected loss, not a parent who was sick for six months and unfortunately passed away, and it's still sad, and you still clearly get grieving time, and all that happens. But when you have a sudden loss, it's almost like a, you know, you just get jolted to the point of where it's like you're just out of left field, right? So a lot of that comes into play, you know, in terms of that. So you're right. You've come with a traumatic experience emotionally and you don't really realize when you're trying to get back in the groove of the, you know the, 
you know, the, the groove of everyday routine was was okay, but coming back and adding, okay, well, this is what you do for a living. And then I happened to drop myself back into work right at a time where they changed some processes. So things were kind of new. And so I'm getting dropped back in the middle of it with things being different. And then we had a, a coworker who's out on paternity, paternity leave, obviously you just had a second child. So we're short staffed. So it's kind of like, you know, you get dropped back into it and everything's going a hundred miles an hour and you're going about 70, <laughs> you know? So... Yeah, so that's so that's but that's you know that's been basically I mean like I can just say this and I'll say this because I'm very proud of it is that Susan has been through so many things in her life besides the fact that I'm I'm sad that Dallas has gone I'm angry for her mm. you know she had kind of a rough childhood in general you know not really details there but very tough childhood in, in many aspects she's had two bouts of cancer which she survived just recently the last one two years ago yep. you know in the last 12 months before this we'd lost two of our dogs that were very close to we're animal people so you know we lost two within 12 months and then now we lost dallas four months after that total so in a two and a half year span there's been some significant emotional situations that she's had to go through and i'm just angry for her because I, at this point i mean what more can you ask her to do you know she she survived two bouts of cancer and now it has to deal with now and is now going to outlive her son and and i and i'm very angry with that that's where my anger stems from like i'm not mad okay i'm sad in general and i'm not mad at dallas and i think that we kind of blessed that we don't have any regrets with dallas mm-hmm so we're not emotionally guilty about anything. And some people may or may not be. I, I don't know. But I just know we're not because we were always had a good relationship and, you know, we were happy with him. And we had a great, great run with him. And, you know, so we're not tied to any guilt factor. I am. I will say this. We're, you know, we're very happy that he didn't decide to tell us what he was going to do when he was down in Fresno. And because I know we would have said just be safe. Yep. Right. We would have said we would have literally told him and he would have done everything that he'd already done. Like get a hotel room, make sure you do not drive to the event, make sure your friends are there, make sure you're all watching each other and have a good time, but be very careful. That's what we would have said. And I'm glad he took that away from us because even though we wouldn't have been doing the wrong thing by saying, don't do it, he would have done it anyways, first of all, right? He wasn't going to not do it. But he kind of took that part out of us for not having to think back and go, we should have just at least said no, maybe he would have listened. So it kind of took that away from us, which was kind of nice that we're not – I mean, I think we're smart people. We would have said he made his own choices, but I'm just glad that we weren't in a position that we didn't at least try to say don't do it just from an emotional standpoint, you know, even though we wouldn't have been wrong. It's just I'm glad we don't have that extra aspect with it. <laughs> so I do yeah. thank him for that, actually. He was going to do what he was going to do, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, and we're very fine. And I and I say this to people all the time, you know, and when Susan, you know, she'll have many conversations with her friends saying, you know, hey, you know, he's a good kid. He didn't deserve one bad decision. I've told her many, many times he didn't make a bad decision. He made no. an unfortunate decision, not a bad one. You know, he didn't make a reckless one. He didn't make one, you know, that, you know, from an outside looking and you go, oh, that's just crazy, stupid. And he made a, a, a very sound choice. And what he was deciding to do and he was trying to be safe. He was doing everything you would probably ask anybody to do. And in fact, I think for a 22-year-old kid, he was doing more than most kids would have done. Oh, no question. And, and, and I think and right? if yeah. any, maybe this is the way to put it. Mm-hmm. He made a decision that came with a consequence that was too harsh for what he decided to do. Right. I, I look at it that he made an unfortunate decision, not a bad one. 
it's unfortunate because the end result and again we don't necessarily the true factor at this point of what led to his situation but i don't term it as bad I no, no, not at all. And I mean, right, and, right. And if you if you look at the decision and say something like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if you're going to make a decision like this and get a scare, mm-hmm. uh, you right. know, okay, you know, maybe maybe that's what should happen. Somebody could get a scare and go, eh, see, don't do it again. And it's like the consequence of his decision, regardless even of all the good things he did around it to mitigate any challenges or problems that they would have, which are, it's fantastic to hear that he did all that stuff. Because you're right. Sure. It's, most most thirty year olds or thirty five year olds may not right. do half that stuff or whatever, but you know he yeah. he, pay, he paid a he paid a, a consequence that was he did was, oh, yeah. was not was not in line with a right at at at, at worst questionable decision right. Oh, by the way, dude, these socks are ridiculously awesome. Oh my god, <laughs> dude, these are wicked. Like I I I've had some pretty cool ones I bought. I've got like Carnage Captain America ones and Spider-Man. I've really some cool ones. These though, they're the retro look. So folks, nice. what so everyone listening while we were <laughs> while we were we were talking and yeah. I was listening to Mike share different stuff. Yeah. And I jumped on a website and fired over to him a, a page of oh, um, I'm going to save this save of this all, totally. of all Marvel stuff and it's um oh, for, for anyone who's into socks, it's the company Stance. Oh yeah. You, so Mike, awesome. have you ever heard of Stance? I've heard of them. Um, somebody recommended it the other day, mainly because again, I haven't. I've been kind of doing Amazon thing, right? You're picking and popping. Yeah. You're like, ah, oh, here's a ten buck here, to whatever. Yeah, not yeah. a big deal. But the, Mar- I, the stand yeah. stuff is not cheap. Um, no, I actually have. Um, I actually have the a pair of. I only have one pair of stance, but I have mm-hmm. the. Um, oh, they have an underwear too. That's nice. Oh, yeah, cool. they're underwears. I do have a pair of stance underwear. They're fantastic. I actually have a pair of. Star Wars socks by oh, Stance, yeah. and it's, I mean, it's the awesome. and one sock is Kylo, mm-hmm. and one sock is Finn. So it's Finn. It's yeah. Okay. So, so and it's the Kylo is like him with his lightsaber. Is the bat is the battle scene kind of thing where they're standing? Like, yeah, standing right. off. Yeah, right. because then the yeah. then the then the Finn one is him with his like blood um, mm-hmm. on his uh, on his mask. Sure. So right, right, that's exactly right. what it is. No, but these are, yeah, no, they are a bit pricey, but I'm looking at them, though. Do you see how much the six-pack is? Oh, yeah. I'm looking at 165 165 bucks. But I'm looking at this, but, going, but see, the thing is... Mind most, you, are looking mo- at Canadian prices, because I seem to Right, that, that is true. So what, around 24 or something? I mean, it's not no, that huge of a difference. Have, it's not yeah. that big of a difference. It's close. But here's the thing, though. I'm looking, just looking at them, though. They're wicked, though. Oh, they're so good. I mean, they're friggin' wicked. Like, I'm looking at these going, I'd pay 28 you know... Loonies, they're amazing. So you guys call them loonies. What's your? That's a, that's a yeah, that's a dollar. Oh, okay, well, see, you I at least it. knew that. Yeah, yeah man, <laughs> the loonies. The, I said I'd, I'd pay twenty eight loonies the, for the baseball. Every one of these too. Oh, I bet. And I, I, I'm only this on the Marvel page. I'm gonna go. I just saved it on my under my favorites. But it's like, but yeah. So I got off a stance. But I was looking at. Them, I'm like, these are awesome. But um, they're so good. But yeah, just I mean, everything that's happened and 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 with Dallas and and again, I will I will read this though, just because. I've never read, uh, Susan and I have read this, but I didn't really tell anybody about it. Mainly because it's very weird to be a step-parent at a memorial service when the other parents are there. Mm-hmm. And again, his yeah, dad yeah. is married, you know, and Alicia, and we have a good relationship in general. I mean, are we all buddies? No, but we're all very civil to each other and have had no we're, no problem with our relationship, you yeah. know. Um, but, you know, Alicia and I are in a different scenario. So you go to an event where you have, you know, Susan and Chapel and his in his brother and all this and you know you're kind of like it's it's just not the same for you 
And, you know, I wasn't going to talk up there because, you know, I mean, people got up and said something and I didn't really want to do it at first because I, I didn't really want to, I, I tend to be a, a pretty decent talker in front of crowds. I mean, I'm not, I don't love it, but I'm pretty decent at it. You know, like once I get going, I'm yeah. fine. But I, I didn't want to be in a position where I could potentially overshadow his dad. Sure. You know, I get that. because I have a, a, a decent ability to speak in front of a large group of people and, and humor and all that. Right. I, I didn't want to overshadow. And I got to the point where, so I told them I wasn't going to do it. And, and then, you know, Alicia was like, yeah, same thing. And then she decided to get up and talk. And then I was sitting here going, well, now she's talked, his dad talked, Susan's talked, his brother talked, his grandma's talked, his aunt's talked. And I'm sitting here going, you know, at this point, I don't want to look back and not have said something. Like, I don't want to look back on this event and, mm -hmm. and say, I, I just chose not to talk because, you know, people aren't going to understand why I didn't talk. So I'm going to talk. And, well, I slate it because I always do when it comes to public speaking for humor. <laughs> but I told stories, right? You're going to tell stories. And I'll sure. tell stories here because they're, yep. they're worth it. I told, I told three stories. I said I got there and I said, and, I, and I'm leading into this because I have an actual birthday card that Dallas gave me last year. And I normally don't keep cards for that long, right? But for some reason this was sitting in my closet. And this was from the, my last, my 44th birthday in October of last year. So it was eight months, six, seven you know what, eight months ago? So recent. I'm going to read you what's in that card, but I want to lead up to it because when I got up there, I said, I'm going to tell you three things about stories about Dallas that sum up Dallas. And I said, the first story was when I was living with my roommate, Noel, who was there, and I pointed him out, hey, say hi to him and all that kind of stuff. I said, well, Dallas and Susan came over. Dallas was about eight, eight and a half. And we were all at our house and we had a Darth Vader mask and a little tiny lightsaber keychains that Susan had bought. Noel and I, Noel's my old roommate. Noel's my old roommate. And so we were having fun with the nerd thing, the swords and all that, right? So Dallas comes over, and so we give him one of these little keychains, lightsaber, and we have him put on the Darth Vader mask. And the Darth Vader mask has the voice changer box in the front. You know, this is, gosh, how long ago? God, he was 22, so he was 8 that long ago, 13 years ago or something like that, or whatever it was. And... Yep. He went down in the front of her house. We told him, hey, go stand on the corner because we lived on a, a corner where there was a four-stop sign. So there was a lot of people that drive the stop and they'd keep going. Go down there and say, he went down to the corner and we're on the corner. So it was only like maybe, I don't know, 20 yards off from the house. But he's at the corner and he's wa he's waving his lightsaber as every car that goes by. He's got the Star Vader mask on and he's doing it to everyone. And every single car gets an individual wave. You know, left, right, left, right. And then he would turn around and he would come back and run. No, I'll keep doing it. He'd run back down. And we must have done this for like an hour. <laughs> Mind you, we're all drinking. You know, the adults are drinking, right? So, um, but that was the first kind of funny story because that was kind of like Dallas, right, at eight. And I said, the second is he came home when he came home, you know, I think it was like Christmas, his first semester at college. And he came home and I remember he and I were talking you know, I don't know, it was like 1130 at night on a Friday or whatever. We were chatting and I said, so you having a great time at college? He's like, yeah. He's like, so I'm gonna have you been partying it up? I was like, no, not really. Oh, okay. I'm like, well, you meeting any girls, having fun? I haven't really done that, no. And I said, I looked at him and said, well, what are we paying for? <laughs> 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 Which does get a laugh, by the way, because it is funny. <laughs> but, totally um, right? And but it, it, it also it also does bear truth that I will say this: that Dallas's college experience and my college experience were two different things, and they were always going to be two different things because we're different people. Um, he had a good time, 
you know, he had his, he had, you know, he did his pot here and there and he had fun and he, he knew girls, but Dallas just, he wasn't an overly huge partier. Like he partied, but he wasn't like, you know, hey, let's just go meet girls and do all this kind of stuff. That wasn't Dallas's personality, you know? And so that's why I was kind of, the story was funny. The third story I told him though, is like his sophomore year came home and Susan makes a killer enchilada. Chicken enchilada. She made them actually this weekend, but she's really good at it, right? So she'd make them and, and, he, and she said, I'll make them since you're home. So she makes them. And we're eating at the table, and Dallas is up at our kitchen island behind the table, and he's fixing food. And he grabs a French roll off the back of the counter, and he starts shoveling chicken enchilada into this baguette, French roll or whatever. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm making a chicken enchilada, enchilada sandwich. Nah. <laughs> and I'm looking at him going, you're nuts. You know, this is your mom's signature chicken enchilada, right? So... So here's the funny part about that story. I told that story there. And I said, that was Dallas. Dallas did whatever he wanted to do. And he ate some funny stuff. But the funny part is I never let him live it down. Like, I brought it up all the time. In fact, I brought it up about two weeks before he died. He said something about, oh, you don't trust my judgment? And I, I was kidding. And I said, well, you did eat chicken on a lot of sandwich. So it, I, it is questionable. <laughs> so, I mean, I probably brought this up over three years it was but it was fun it was all clearly in jest you know but it was fun so that was the story but the one serious note because i said i'm gonna tell you three funny things a serious thing three funny things were those stories and i said the serious note is dallas never made me feel like a step parent and i said i'm sure alicia can can also attest to this being in the similar situation i said but you know dallas never treated me differently than you know i ever felt like that i didn't have a role with him and I said, and, you know, I think it's very important people understand that and that our relationship is that just Dallas never made me feel like I wasn't really involved with him, you know. And so the reason I bring that up is I didn't read this card at the event because it, I, I couldn't do this in front of his dad. I couldn't, yeah. you know. And Dallas and his dad had a, had a decent relationship. This is not a knock on his dad. His dad moved to, you know, Atlanta. You know, his dad was very active in his life in terms of he helped us pay for college. You know, he was a, a part of that. So, I mean, there's there's no negativity when it comes to that. But Dallas was not necessarily as close as he got older with his dad as, say, he was with me. And that wasn't a competition. It was just natural, you know. And I had a very big habit in my entire life. And Susan and I were very fond, were very happy with this. Is we n I never talked ill about his dad in front of Dallas, ever. Right. In the no matter what, even from the first day I met him to the first day I met Dallas till now i've never said anything in front of his in front of dallas that was negative about his dad ever ever and it it was and and i didn't really have a lot negative to say about his dad anyways don't get me wrong but i certainly if i had an issue with something that was going on or if i didn't agree i certainly would never say it in front of him like two zoos i would talk about back you know like normal people behind closed doors but i, I i'm just not one of those people that ever badmouth his dad in front of him by any means. And for the main reason is he didn't really have a reason to. I mean, for the most part, his dad, I think, was in his life. He could have been a little bit more active, I think. And I think he feels really guilty right now about everything. But, you know, that being said, you know, he was extremely helpful in the college experience. And, and you know, it, so he was an active part of everything, right? So, but the reason I bring that up is the, la the card that I have here was my last birthday card. So this is when I was, this was last year. And I, again, I don't know why I saved it. I mean, Dallas always was known for writing cool stuff in birthday cards. Like he was a very sentimental kid. 
He was a, and Dallas would tell you his emotions. He was not somebody who hid something from you. You could have an open, honest conversation about feelings with Dallas, about anything. And he did it all the time. So this isn't unusual for him to write a card that has some sentimentality to it because he did it quite often. But Dallas was also really smart. He never overdid it. Like he did it just the right amount of time. I mean, he never seemed like he was going overboard. Like Dallas, whenever he wrote you a card, you kind of read it and went, that's exactly what he's feeling at the moment. He never seemed like he was just overdoing it. You know, so he wrote me that he got this card and this is my birthday card from last year. And this is what it said. And this is what he writes in the birthday card. Mike, you've been everything a father should be and more. You're truly a wonderful person. I cannot thank you enough for how you've loved my mom. She's so happy with you. You've helped us through very dark times when it would have been easier for you to leave. You're an archangel <laughs> deserving of your name. I love you and you're my father. Family is not blood. Thanks, dad. That's what he wrote me on my birthday, not a wow, Father's Day card, man. not a Father's Day card, yeah. a birthday card, wow. <laughs> you know, and I stress that to people. I haven't really told a lot of people about this card, so now it's going out on the web, but again, it's yeah. fine. I mean, look, I'm not doing this to show anybody up. I, I'm trying to just say what kind of relationship that people had and kind of the person Dallas was and... You know, you need to know these things that this wasn't a Father's Day card, right? This was one centered on a birthday, <laughs> you know, but yeah. he chose to tell you how he felt about you on an individual level aside from your birthday. And so, you know, I, I cherish that. I'm glad and actually I'm really glad I found this because, you know, I mean, it's the most recent and I remember I didn't find it. Susan found it. She walked in and she just handed it to me and go, I think we need to keep this. And I was yeah. looking at it and I go, absolutely. I'll never, I'll never get rid of this card. This is like one of the coolest things every kid, any kid's ever written to me. And it was one of those things where I, but it's, it's able to describe like who he was as a person and kind of what our overall relationship was, you know, and Dallas and I were, uh, were very close. We didn't talk every day like he and his mom did ever. I mean, we talked, I don't know, maybe once, twice a week on a text message here and there. And it's usually kind of sharing something, like a picture or an article that's funny. It wasn't like we talked for a long period of time. I mean, he talked to his mom a lot. And, of course, I knew what would be going on if stuff was going on. So, I mean, it's not like we had that kind of relationship. But he would text me at like 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning, you know, occasionally, not a lot, and just say, hey, thanks for everything you do. <laughs> just oh, wow. kind of you know obviously he's reflecting he's a kid and he's either drunk high or he's just sent being sentimental at one in the morning and wanted to say something which is any of it is great <laughs> you know period but um so yeah i mean i'm gonna miss the kid i mean i i look at it and i'm like yeah you know he's 22 and he left a really serious impact and it wasn't just us i mean looking at the people that showed up at the event and listening to what people said and really finding out the past month of people coming out of the works and talking to us about dallas he had a really huge impact on people and it's really a sad time for people in general and it's truly sad you know because he was a kid who had a lot going for him he never uh he he always appreciated what he had and he never took for granted what he did. He worked hard in college. He was really, really smart. And there were times that Dallas was usually the smartest kid in the room. But he never really acted like it, you know, which is good. I mean, that's that's great. Dallas was always a little bit smarter than most kids, regardless of what age he was at when he was growing up. He was always a little bit more mature in terms of his approach. So, yeah, it's, it's very, it's, it's sad. And, and, you know, like I said, Susan's having a different experience, of course, than I am. And, you know, being a person from the outside looking into Susan, it's really difficult too, 
you know, like how do you comfort somebody, you know, at a random part of the day when they break down, Yeah. you know, it's hard and it's emotionally hard and she has every right to break down. And I mean, she's been an amazing rock through this whole thing. She's, you know, and she didn't have to be. And I know, you know, like everything, we all, we have good days, we have bad days and there's nothing wrong with having a bad day. There's nothing with, like I said, stepping back, having a good cry. It's totally yep. fine. It's expected. <laughs> you know? it's expected. It's healthy. Yeah. I said, I, I try to explain to people, because it was very similar with my dad. I, you know, because even though he was older, it was kind of sudden, but he was still older, but it was still kind of sudden. So I said, you know, and it rings true to Dallas, is that, you know, we're not, you're never going to get a to live and I mean, to live with it, it doesn't necessarily hurt as much each day, right? Because you're mm-hmm. just getting numb with it. You, you're never going to forget it. You're never going to be okay with it. Um, you're never going to fully be over it. But I think that you're going. Like with anything, I, it's okay to say I'm never going to get over it. I'm just going to. You just learn to live with it, and and you do. I mean, you do learn to live with it on a daily basis, and you know it'll hit you a certain. Like I said it'll hit you at a certain angle one day out of the blue, and that's totally fine. And that's probably going to happen. For the rest of, you know, your life, considering he was young, you know, so that kind of thing. So we're going to be around, hopefully, if we're lucky, 40 more years, 45. So I anticipate we're not going to ever not think of him in 45 years. So it's just, I think you just, you just, like I said, you just learn to live with it. And it, it's not a knock. I just think it's true. You just kind of get, not numb, but you just kind of get used to how you feel about it. And so as time progresses on, it doesn't necessarily wear at you like it usually used to. You know, you just kind of get going it's but. not your first thought at all sure times. right well, now sure. Probably, right now it's one of your yeah. first sort of it, um thoughts yeah. that you just have at any given moment mm-hmm. yeah when you when you when your brain needs to fill up some space with something that's sure. probably one of your first thoughts right is yeah that, i tell her I, describe yeah. It? yeah i told susan i go it's like First, it's going to be a week. Then it's going to be, as of now, it's just hit over a month. Then it's going to be six months. Next thing you know, it's going to be a year. You know? And yep. then at that point, you're going to start you're, – you're going to miss them all the time, but you're going to start looking at things on dates. You're going to start looking at, okay, it's been two years. It's been three years. It's been five years. You're still going to think about them all the time, but you're going to think about it in a time frame as we normally do, as we do. You know, a couple weeks, a month, six months, year, two, three, four, five, and then That's right. five, 10, 15. It's just what we do right? for quote-unquote anniversaries, right? That's how we look at it. So um, – but yeah, and, and, you know, for us, you know, him being, you know, he died two days after his birthday, you know, technically two days because it was three in the morning on the second. It wasn't on the first. So it was two days from his birthday. I mean, it's all the same time now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when oh, he, totally. it's, it's all going to be right there the same time all the time. Yeah, in, so, the, future, in the future, you'll say he died on his, you know, mm-hmm. right, right at his birthday. Basically, sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but we've had, you know, like I said, we've had a wonderful support system and, it's so good to you hear. know. Oh yeah, and and I can't thank our friends enough. I, I can't, you know, for how wonderful everybody's been, you know, from you know just helping us organize something so quickly to just helping us get out a little bit, right? And just um, you know uh, checking in, you know, and all that stuff. And and we do. Like I said, we we've always prided ourselves that we have a very diverse and eclectic and a group of friends and, and, you know, we were always appreciative of it because we always kind of laugh because when we, when we got married, we had our reception here locally, we got married in Jamaica, but we had our reception locally for everybody else to come. And our friend Elise, who we've known for years, wonderful lady. And, uh, she's like, you guys have a really large, weird group of friends, don't you? Just because if you looked at everybody that was there, you know, it's like, well, yeah. And it's, 
I don't know. I we've always been kind of proud of that that we just kind of have this really widespread group of people that we know and they're from all different backgrounds and you know where we got to know them whether it be previous works or current works or growing up or or who knows friends through friends that became close to us i don't know you know there's so many different things that that have happened so but we're very blessed that way and and you know everybody's been so helpful with us you know especially with everything that's going on so you know we we can't thank everybody enough for for what they've done you know and all we can do now is is what we're doing you know, like for me, it's like doing this tonight and I, and I have no problem coming back. And, and I was kind of saying when you were gone that this is just therapeutic to talk about it because you and I want to continue to do this like we do. And it's kind of good just to get this part out of the way. Let's just good. talk about it. You know, it, it's again, it's not a shameful thing to talk about. And, of course not. you know, it, you know, been gone That's for a life. month and yeah. And, and people kind of, you know, should know. You know, and I, I look at it from Dallas as such a unique individual. I, I just want always people to know what a good kid he was. I just mm-hmm. want people to know it, you know. So, you know, I was like I was saying, you were gone. I said, this is just a really good podcast to kind of just throw it out there and talk. And then, you know, as we move on, we'll be able to do what we were normally doing. But it, it didn't kind of seem right to kind of gloss over it and move on. Agreed. Right. So it's yeah. Right. So yeah, I'm glad, but, I'm and glad you, you and I've talked. Yeah, and you and I've talked extensively yes. over the past month off, you know, off podcast clearly. So you know a lot that's been going on. That's right. You know. Checking so, on in you uh, every day. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and it's much appreciated. So again, collective yeah, group of friends. And how did we meet on a cruise 12 years ago? <laughs> right. <laughs> and you did have some, uh, you did have some good uh, interchangeable cat podcast with Amy. Yeah. Which I listened yeah. to. They were very good. Who's, yeah. uh, absolute, I'll throw this out there, a very, uh, she's a sweetheart. Yep. She and is. I say that in a, in a, in a, an affectionate way. She's a very wonderfully caring young lady, and she's checked in with me individually too. And I can honestly say that's been very much appreciated. So I'm glad that you guys had that time, and I kind of look forward to getting in a, a a third there with you guys. That would be fun. So her with us. This is our podcast. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, you got it. This I also our... didn't want to say. Th- I also didn't want to say three way because it just or threesome. Yeah, and why? And it's funny why I didn't because you've seen the stuff I post. Why wouldn't I just say it? But you know, I don't know. For a second, I was kind of like, eh. <laughs> you're, but then you're so, sh- you're so shy, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You see, yeah, you see the stuff I post yes. all day long. You're like, dude, you're really you're worried about saying that. I've seen what you posted earlier today. Yeah, seriously, that's like tame. <laughs> yeah, in, in the two minutes before you got on this podcast, probably. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, oh yeah, probably. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it was one of those things. But well, you you made a point a moment ago, and you know, I think you know I've you, you've you've shared just a mm-hmm. just a whole ton here today, and and, and I'm I'm glad you did. Yeah, and there's so much that's happened behind the scenes. This is just like a glimpse, and you and I've talked of, about it, but yeah. there's just too much, you know, to talk but it, about. But, it, but it, yeah. it does feel like there's perhaps a therapeutic thing for you, and and that's sure. that's awesome, man. I I, I think yeah. that's fantastic. We said we would just hit the record button here, not set anything yeah. up for us, not have anything. And, and that's where, and that's where it went. And I love it. And mm-hmm. um, me too. And I, and, I, and I love that you shared all that. I think to that, on that point, mm-hmm. I mean, unless there's anything you keep talking if you want to, but I, I, no, I, 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 think... I, I don't want to pivot to any other topics myself. I agree with you. I, I actually think I, I really like the idea that we kind of just talked about this and yep. this being a contained specific in and of itself episode. That's it. And I totally love it to leave it at that. Yep. And that way we can continue when we go forward to 
do our other topics and jump on tangents and go left field. But I totally agree that 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 it just seems appropriate to stay with one topic on this specific. I, f- I feel like day. I had, I feel like I yeah. got my opportunity the day he passed mm-hmm. away. I I you know sure I, I mm-hmm. connected with you and and, and I, it, oh, honestly yeah. I I I probably the whole, I was like. I did not know if I even wanted to ask you mm-hmm. to if I wanted to record an episode of my own because I was like, ah, it just mm-hmm. it didn't. But then I, I was like, you know what? You know, I asked you how you felt about it, and mm-hmm. and I and I knew that the even just giving you the respect of of, of asking you, mm-hmm. sure, because um, you I knew that you I knew you could say no, man, this is our thing. Right, and uh, I, I don't want that. And, right. and I knew you would if that's how you felt. Sure, absolutely. So I I feel like I got my solo episode uh, <laughs> that day, and and in in a yeah. in a way, this one is sort of yours. You know, I, yeah, uh, I agree. You, you took you took the opportunity to talk about it a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. and and I hope that you feel yeah. there's maybe even a in in the whole piece of moving forward mm-hmm. and healing and and all that that this maybe was some part of that. Yeah, I I, I agree. If, I I think even it if was it's great. A small part, yeah. right? No, I, absolutely. And and again, I it was one of those things where I kind of also, from a cultural aspect, wanted to have something down, you know, on a recorded to talk about the kid because he was just a really great kid. Love it. And that way, there's just some other proof that that's out there that there was a discussion about it. And I so I was really kind of in a way excited to do that. Like I was really excited to give people. Yeah, I wanted to I just wanted to give people background because I thought he earned that. I mean, this this kid earned people to know what he who he was as a person. And so I I love the idea of just being able to go here, you know, and always have that and always be able to come back to it and reminisce about it, you know. You know, we can, Susan and I are, you've noticed for a long time, we tend to use humor to mask things. So we tend to be, you know, like I said, I do a lot of the Facebook, Instagram posts. Like I just, I just do that. I do that anyways, but you know, it gets heightened when I'm doing this, <laughs> you know, yes, so yes. it's, but it's how we, it's how we mask. And that's part of who we are is, you know, we tend to just use humor to move through things. So, you know, that's just who we've been. So we accept it. So a lot of people don't understand it because it can be pretty dark. Like I try to tell my, my mom doesn't have, my mom has a good sense of humor, but she doesn't like, I have my dad's sense of humor who was really off. My, my mom doesn't have an off sense of humor. So when I try to be funny with her, with that, with this whole thing, it's not funny to her. (laughs) Like saying, like when I say, you know, I got to tell you, mom, (laughs) you know, I told Dallas all the time. I didn't like when he was messy, but he didn't really need to go to this kind of extreme. We find it funny just because it's, it's dark. It's super dark and it is <laughs> funny. It is funny. She doesn't find it funny. <laughs> or she doesn't recognize it as being humor. Like she's kind of like, huh? And I'm like, you know, like she doesn't get mad, but she's just kind of like, what? And like, I'm like, you missed it. It, it you know. We yep. we laugh. I mean, she's even Susan and I do all the time. Like we'll kind of joke about it because something will happen and we'll be like, you know, remember how Dallas had that really big, his big TV when he came home and we were kind of joking how we wanted it. He didn't need to go to this extreme. <laughs> you know, we, that's what we say. Cause it's just, it's just kind of stupidly oh, funny. All this. <laughs> I know it's so good. you have to, I mean, it's like, we kind of just have to laugh, but yeah, my mom just does. But I pick those spots because not a lot of people get like that. So 
I have quite a few friends that do have my sense of humor that I can say it to, but I also have a lot of friends I don't say it to. Well, it's because they don't. One of them, yeah. right? But 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 isn't that it though? Like, yeah, you know, it's at, yeah. at some point too. If you can't laugh, even about mm-hmm. the crazy things in life, mm-hmm. sure, you're just taking things too seriously. If if you honestly believe someone who makes a joke like that is being serious, oh my gosh. Then you're then that's that's you know, on you. my mom. My mom, I think it just goes over her head. I, I don't think that I don't right. think that she doesn't get it. I, I, I don't think she processes it as a joke. I think she's just kind of like, okay, whatever. But I think that's how she takes it. Or, whereas I'm like, if you really believe that I'm saying something serious like that, then number one, we're probably not friends. Because if you've known me long enough, you you know Susan and I that we do have kind of an offbeat sense of humor, and you know you put two and two together. Why would we be serious like that? Why would that make any sense as a yeah. serious comment? But yep. you know, it was just kind of it, it is kind of funny though to joke about it <laughs> just internally in the house. We do all the time. Like, well, something will happen and be like, well, you know, I hated it when he cleaned up, you know, he cleaned up these crumbs. But man, he sure goes to extremes, you know, <laughs> you know? yeah, or something like that. So, but I, I will say this though, Dallas always wanted to jump out of an airplane and I'm not really a heights guy. Like I, I'm okay with them now. I just, I don't really like them, but I used to be terrified, but I'm okay now. I mean, I'm pretty decent now with heights, but I think we're going to do a whole jump out of an airplane thing. Cause he wanted to do it. And I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Susan guilted me into it. <laughs> I don't know when we're going to do it, but yeah. I don't know when we're going to do it. We do actually have an airfield out here in Lincoln that does it. So, I mean, it's like local to us as well. But I'm kind of like, I don't know if I can go that extreme. Like, I had a hard enough time, like, standing on the Space Needle years ago. And granted, I've gotten better since then. Like, that was kind of in the beginning when we were dating, and I was not good with heights. I didn't even like to be the Space Needle. I, had, I couldn't even go on the deck. I didn't like it. Now maybe, I'm a little bit different. Maybe maybe, now, so. maybe this is an idea. Mm. We should do a trip because I, I keep... Mm-hmm. Yeah. For years, I've said I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump. Um, sure. I just, okay. I just have got. You should. You guys should come up here. There's a great, okay, uh, jumping field in Pitt Meadows here. Okay. We should. We should we'll, do a trip back we'll, up there. We'll, we'll talk about that one. Yeah. I, I'll talk to. I bet she'll be really into that. Like we're into it anyways. Like she's kind. of... It's one of those things where she's into it. I'm kind of like, if you want me to do it, I'll do it. And of course, if you're gonna say Dallas wanted to do it, I'm gonna do it. But if we can turn it into a trip where we come back up and see you guys and I'll do it up there, I think that would be awesome. We get and we could work out something because last time you were here, you literally uh, visited it was very for, short for a day and a yeah. half. It was a day and a half. You were going the trip. We, we, could, sure. we could do yeah. something like. Like you guys come up here for like a week or so, and we yeah, can, or and, yeah, and a couple I days, take, yeah, and whenever that is, mm-hmm. we could take like the time off, yeah, and do something like go camping or oh, go sure. like drive yeah. up to like some like actual spots and yeah, right. We'll, we'll talk with this one offline. Yeah, this, this is this. I think here. that would be good. I think Susan will be very intrigued with that, especially since we can kind of make an, a, a thing out of it. You yeah. know, to like come up and and do that. I think that would be really do a little fun. Trip so. and like go do. Yeah, because last time we, you know, it was funny because Griffin is four months old well, at the time. Yeah, yeah. And you now, were here for like a day and a half. Right. It was like, yeah. We kind of checked a couple things out, but not really. Sure. Because we really didn't have time. But yeah, we'll, we'll Which talk was about fun, that. though, because of we course. are kind of home people, too, as well. So we had a great time just hanging with you guys. Yeah. Um, but it would be definitely, you're right, it would be definitely fun to do a separate thing now to come up and, and especially with, he's older now, and then you've got your other little one and. And, uh, you know, yeah. it's a, She's it's a different months. environment. Yeah, totally. Know, totally. Right. Yeah. It's a different environment. I mean, God, Griff is huge. 
Like, I, you You're know, me. it's I mean, every time I see him, it's like, I forget that that's how, like, you're actually one of the first, like, I, I don't have very many friends that I've met that had just become parents when we became friends. Okay. Like, yeah. you guys weren't parents when we met you. No. Nope. Right? And That's then, right. right, so you're actually one of the first groups. I've had friends that I've met that have had one child, you know, had to be fairly recently before I met them, but then they had another one later. But not where, like, we become friends and then, boom, yeah. here's your first kid. Yeah. Right? So you kind of, you guys are, like, one of the very few friends that we have that that's happened to. So we kind of get latched on to time with Griff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I totally like, get that perspective. Yeah. 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 That's oh, yeah. I so remember funny. you calling us, telling us you were literally calling, saying, oh, yeah, we're driving right now to go pick up our son. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, yeah. this is a vastly right. different story when it comes to sure, sure. To, to our picking up picking up our child. Yeah. Which I think will be a good, that would be a good thing to talk about. That would be a fun thing to talk yeah, about. Um, yeah. But yeah, I remember. Yeah. But I, so I do think about that now. It's funny that groups kind of become this like time piece because yeah. we look they at become, them and go, they, kids definitely become markers yeah. for you. Like, and we oh, have, yeah. yeah, we have groups of friends here that, you know, they had their first child that was like maybe one or two when we met them. So they were still young when we met them, but then they had like another one a year later. So then that, that would, now we see them and it's like, okay, not only is Riley, our friend, Stephen Chrissy, Riley's huge now, tall. Now, you know, Gigi's older now too, right? So you get this whole, <laughs> so we have a couple friends that are in the realm, but you guys are, I think the true first that I remember that actually it was like, here's your first. So, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I get it. Like the markers in your life and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, sure. again, let's let's save this stuff. I think. Yeah, that, um, absolutely. I don't. I don't want to. I, I don't want to take away from no, everything you shared. I I, no, I, I, I I really do appreciate that you got uh-huh. a chance to talk, and it was it was great listening to the stuff that you shared. Yeah. Um, it's good really, to talk about it, it and be back a little bit now. Yeah, I feel back. You, it, it's one of those things where you kind of go like, once you get going again, like you get back in the groove. That was like with work. Yep. It's like you could postpone it for a long time and you could continue to do it and yep. probably not everybody okay, but you get a certain point where you're like, okay, I got to go. I got to go back, you know? Yep. And that was kind of what this was. Like I was kind of ready last week and then I kind of took them like, yeah, I'll take one more week and then, okay, I'm ready now. And that yep. was kind of where we are. Yeah, so. And you got the chance to talk about everything that you want know, that, that, mm-hmm. uh, that I even got to learn some things and that little memento about the card. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, sure. that's an amazing moment. And, you know, I know that you, you, Say it's it's a it's a it's an indicator of how how great a kid he was. Well, mm-hmm. um, and you know it, but it just shows how well you curated that relationship with him as well. So so good on you, man. And that's yeah, touches I my appreciate heart to hear, uh, Yeah, to how how, how well you uh, you embraced him as well. So so, so it good for it you, it kind of helps that I'm an adopted individual. Right. Sure. I've never been, I've sure. never been one that ever believes blood makes the family is just who I am. Cause I, I had wonderful parents. They adopted me. They yeah. gave me a wonderful life. So I've had nothing but a good outlook on that. So I never, I never view family as specifically blood related. So it really helped from the get go with Dallas yeah. that we formed a relationship and there's never felt like there was a barrier. So, well, well heck yeah. I certainly can understand that. Yo, absolutely. You've got two of them. <laughs> we, we got the two you absolutely them. know. And then when yeah. they're older, they can find out that I'm adopted. Yeah, so, man, right? yeah. Right. So, right? So, yeah. All, all, yeah. These, all these really cool sort of connections. <laughs> so, 
Well, oh, I'll tell yeah, you what. Definitely. Let's um, sure. Let's wrap. Let's wrap this up. Yes. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna close it off. Thank you for sharing. I, I, I Absolutely. Can't tell you. I love you, man, and I really appreciate yeah. that you shared that. Story. And I appreciate everything you guys. You guys have both been great with us, and uh, it's really good to be back and and kind of get back talking again, and we'll get back into our other groove and and all that. And I, I did listen to all the stuff that you did when I was gone, and I loved it. It was great, and it kind of gave me just be able to listen to something without having any personal stake in it. Right. So I was able to just listen to it from an outside looking in and enjoyed the, the, the individual stuff you did and the stuff with Amy was great too. And I look forward to, to us all doing that on here down the road again, because I look forward to getting involved with that as well. So cool, man. All right, cool. Well, well, thanks folks. Thanks everybody for listening.